right before I go in, I had our team coach um, come up to me. Mark Phillips said, pending your show jumping, you will be invited <laughs> to be on the training list, the winter training list. I'm going like, oh, God. Uh, you know, Beth's like, Lainey, uh, Lainey, calm down, focus, focus, you know. <laughs> and I think I was going into – I think I was going into um, the final warm-up for, for uh, show jumping. So I'm, like, freaking out. Cause, and you know, you know why Mark did that? Because he was trying to say I work under pressure. Right. And I was, I was flipped out. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Stop the music, stop the music. Why, what's going on? Well, we got that really awesome message on Facebook from Heather, Heather B. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we want to send Heather B a shout out because Heather B was so cool. She made our day, right? Yes, she sure did. And uh, why don't you read what she wrote, Karen? She says, I have listened to all your podcasts. They all have been fantastic and keep me coming back for more. Love listening to Daniel, especially the part about treating ourselves like athletes as we treat our horses. Thank you for having him on your podcast. I will be visiting his website to learn more about his program. Oh, that was awesome. Sure was. That just made our day, didn't it? It sure did. We sure do appreciate it, Heather. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hey, so if anyone else ever wants to leave us a comment or anything like that, feel free to message us. Um, you can message us through our Facebook page, Major League Eventing. Or you can leave a comment on right on the comments page. Mm-hmm. Or on Instagram. Or on Instagram. You can send mm-hmm. us a message on Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. We tweet. Tweet? Twat? Tweet. 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 We Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they can email us. Yes. At MajorLeagueEventing at gmail.com. That's it. So, all right. Let's get this. We have this awesome interview coming up, Karen, which yeah. we'll, we'll let. we keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Uh, For just like a second. For a second. All right, turn the music back on. All right. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And today's guest, we have a very special guest, four-star eventer and fashionista, Lainey Ashker. (laughs) That's right. In the house, in person. Well, not in person. You're actually on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Lainey, thanks for coming on. Of course, thank you. And you guys cannot forget because I am kind of a DQ now, so I always like add with the international eventing the FEI dressage. So, oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's my, that's my I messed that up. I messed up. Karen blew it. Sorry. I blew it. No, no, it's, like, no. I, I, I love the dressage world, but my my heart belongs to the eventing. Oh, so. that's awesome. So, uh, we, we, I just mentioned we're talking to you on the phone. Where are you right now? I'm currently in my apartment, which is about 15 minutes away from my barn, which is located outside of Richmond, specifically in Chesterfield, Virginia. So it's like the south side of Richmond. Okay. Whatever. You're right in the heart. Right in the heart of a event. Yeah, you know, it works. It works for me. I like it. You know, I've always been kind of a city girl, um, which most most horseback riders like like the... country lifestyle you know i love the country lifestyle with the horses but i i don't want to live out there i i like being in the city i live right next to a chipotle um and so how do you like your chipotle what's on your chipotle oh oh, no i am i do it totally i hate myself for it but I'm, i'm always on a diet like i live on a perennial diet so i get a bowl and i get like the white rice 
I get the chicken. I get the I love. I get extra corn relish. I get the black beans, and then I do a I do a, a like light lettuce. Um, and then I to splurge. I get like a bag of kids chips. If I'm, <laughs> ham, if I'm going ham, I'll add a little sour cream and um and uh, the cheese. But so you're no I'm guacer. Always- uh, well, I I get guac on the side again. If I'm like, maybe it's a little, maybe I've had a night um, at a wedding or something, and I'm a little hungover the next day. We won't talk about that. So one one girlfriend of mine and I specifically, we always do like a hangover Sunday at a. Um, I don't do this often, but when I do, we get chips and guac at a. <laughs> um, and it's 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 a great thing. It's a, I've literally I'm it's shameful to say, but I have sat and waited for Chipotle to open. And Instilled in me from a young age, 
and um, you know from running and, and you know I grew up in California um, born and raised from California Northern California outside of Sacramento Shingle Springs Sierra Gold Pony Club <laughs> and um, you know whoop, whoop, my parents, shout out <laughs> shout out um, my parents have always been um, you know my dad was always like the disciplinarian with you know keeping me up on my school grades and um, you know, exercise and eating right. I mean, my dad used to literally brush my own my teeth till I was like, <laughs> like five years old because he never wanted me getting cavities. Um, and my but mom, look how nice your smile is now. My, my, pardon me. Look how nice your smile is now. It's like oh, well, there you go. See, oh, it's my dad. <laughs> um, and um, and you know, my mom. My mom has always been the one finding me these horses off the track, and she's always believed, you know, anything that my mom believes in that I, I believe in because she can see these horses, they're diamonds in the rough, that I'm like looking sideways, but I'm like, what is this bag of bones that you're bringing to me? And then it just like, it just transforms into this four-star horse over time, um, and she's she's so good at that. And, um, you know, anything that I've in, I've done, my parents encourage, like, don't do anything half half you know what I'm saying, yeah. um, mm-hmm. halfway. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, I, I, my parents were big, I'm a very, come from a very musical family. My grandmother was a, um, in the, De- in the Detroit Metropolitan Opera, she was a college soprano hmm. and um, did it very well. My grandfather played for the Lions at one point, uh, the wow. Detroit Lions. Um, and, you know, my, my family is sort of a type of family that anything that you do, you do it great or don't do it at all kind of thing. And, um, and that's sort of how I've been raised. And um, even down to like, you know, when my parents, if I use someone's car, I use someone's trailer, I give it back to them nicer than how I found it. Because that's how I've, that's how I've been raised. Um, and I'm, I'm very lucky to have had my you know parents help me through you know, a top university like U of A and have five horses boarded there. Uh, granted, I worked a lot of it off, but to have, you know, the support to even have horses, a lot of parents take the horses away from their kids that go to school. And I was lucky to have that um, support system. And I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do without that support system. So um, I, it's a huge shout out to them. And, and, and my mom is a total badass. I mean, <laughs> I could go, I love my coaches. My coaches are my life. I have gotten me to where I am in my in my skill set, but, you know, if I had to pick one person, you know, at the end of the day that was going to go with me to Burley or to badminton or to the Olympics, it would, I, you know, I choose my, my mom, you know, cause when she says I can do something, I, I, I'm like, okay, I can do it, you know? So, um, yeah, it's funny. I never, I never, um, I never, she never leads on to me like before I'm going out of the start box at Kentucky or at Burley. Um, she's like, oh, you're fine. She always says, oh, you'll be fine. You're fine. You're yeah. fine. And then one, one of um, the people in the crowd at Rolex were at, was actually, instead of videoing my ride, they were videoing my mom. <laughs> the first time I actually saw her while I'm on course, and she did a nervous record. I'm like, oh, God, why did I even watch this video? <laughs> like, does she think I can't do it? Like, she was a disaster. She was so, where is she now? Where is she now? What, what, what is she at now? And, um, so it was actually really cute because my mom always puts on this facade that it's like, Oh, you're fine. You're you're fine. Don't be a don't be a pansy. You're fine. You know. And it's like, <laughs> okay. All right. I actually see the real side of Valerie Asher now. But um, I love. Yeah. Her. I mean, for you know, she's awesome. I mean, for someone to have the grit and fortitude to ride, literally thirty five mile thirty five miles across the country from Sacramento to Virginia on a one horse, um, that that says a lot. That speaks that speaks a lot about the. Um, 
the mental fortitude and the physical fortitude that she has and um, and sort of bestowed upon me. I followed so, her journey across the country, and I yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. And I was, yeah. you know, I found myself saying, you know, Lainey's got to step up her social media side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My mom is mom. so good, and she and she misses it so much. I know she's she's wanting to do that ride, you know, again, as much to my dismay because I was a wreck. Well, she had a scare right in the middle. Up, Please don't break anything. Please don't break anything yeah. else. Oh, my God. I was so, so worried about her. She, she had to go to, like, the hospital, and, and she had, like, oh, a little couple medical times. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I remember calling her one day, and she, we had FaceTime a lot, and she she was out in the sun, and the br- the wide brim didn't cover all her face. <laughs> my mom's gonna hate me for telling you. That was a big hat too. I I was I started hysterically crying. I was like, "Mom, your face is so sun damaged. It's so bad." So I went and I got I like went to CVS and I bought all this like you know sunscreen and eye cream and all this stuff. And I and I and I actually physically brought it out with me when I went to Colorado to visit her. I was like, oh, mom, your face, it's so, it's so, don't let it be leather. <laughs> she just looks so worn down and exhausted. And I, just, and I could see how tired she was from, you know, the day in and day out of the riding and the walking. Because what a lot of people don't know is my mom didn't ride the whole time every day. She walked half of the day with mm. the horse. I would see that. Um, I would see some so, of that. And I was like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And it was, and it was, it wore on her physically. It did. Um and she's not a very big person. I mean, I'm the fattest one in the family, and my grandmother is like the thinnest, and my mom's right in the middle. So it's like, you know, it's um, there. I my family is very slightly built on my mom's side, and so, you know, I would constantly get asked her about drinking and eating. Um, you know, the way they treat the horses, you got to treat yourself that way. And she's not as good about that. Um, not because she's got like a disorder. She's just such a hyperactive person. She doesn't think about it. So. Um, and so I'm always constantly getting on her about like staying hydrated <laughs> and, you know, and the it's whole nice how you both look out for each other. So, I mean, it's, it's clear yeah. the bond you guys have is, is, is just, uh, it's nice. I, I hope that Karen and I are still those parents and we're still running around with a camera, you know, behind our yeah. kids and oh, yeah. stuff. And I don't know, we're, we're the worst. Or, I guess we're, it's I awesome guess. though. <laughs> I, I know I appreciate it. And I know like, <laughs> I, I love when my mom's in the warm up with me, it's, I always look at her, how is that? You know, like, because it's truly like I can hire all the grooms in the world. I can hire, I can hire anybody I want to hire. But at the end of the day, the one that really feels feels when I win and and hurts for me when I lose are are my parents. Mm-hmm. Like they can truly feel because they know how they know where I've started and they know what I've been through to get to the point um, in which and where I am, and they know how much you know bloods literal blood sweat and tears go into this sport as in any sport and so they can feel the pain when you lose and they and they rejoice with you when you win and and those are the people that that to me they count the most in, in having their having by your side i love it i love it and i kudos to your folks i mm-hmm. think they're they're awesome Thank people you. so me too just uh let's go back to the beginning of how, how you got started riding um i mean obviously your parents must have been a big influence then can you take us back to like your first, you know, how you started riding. Let me take you back. Let me rewind <laughs> for a bit. Let's rewind 34 years. So I'm 34 years old. My mom um, wanted to ride. Fun fact, my mom grew up in, in Michigan. Well, she was born in L.A., but grew up in Michigan. 
And, and my mom was in an up-down, like, little posting trot riding school with Katie Prudent, who, as we all know, uh, yeah. is famous show jumper. And they were in the same school, like, same little riding school together wow. um, outside of Dearborn. So that's funny. Um, but my mom has always wanted horses when she was young. She loved horses. So she, she saved up enough money to, um, when she, I want to say she was like 16 or 17 to buy an Appaloosa, which is a stallion, which she didn't know anything you know, about. <laughs> oh, cool. <it's> a <laughs> um, and, um, and she ended up taking that stallion and his name was Cuddy Sark, um, up to prelim and would win in everything on him. And all, to the point where she, when my dad and she were married and um, my mom rode, with me till she was seven months pregnant oh, at this wow. preliminary championship, which she won. She had special riding pants made. Oh, geez. Back then, you didn't have to wear a vest for cross-country, but my Aunt Judy um, made helped like make a vest, a cross-country vest for her, which was really like ahead of her time because nobody wore a vest. Yeah. But, you know, my mom knew that she was pretty pregnant, so she wanted <laughs> to be safe. Um, and then I came out a couple months later, and um, I... You know, I, I rode Cuddy a little bit when I was a little baby, and then I got my first pony when I was three, named Winnie the Pooh. That was sort of a, a little Shetland, but oh god, it was a brat. It would take off and run away with me. You know, I grew up. I grew up on. Um, my mom was adamant that I had. I grew up on horses and ponies that were, you know, sort of nothing too fancy. You know, uh, my second pony was Noah's Ark, and um, remember, I remember. I can't remember the name of the town, but it was growing up in California and Sacramento it was a hot, hot, hot day. Like, and summers in California get to it's dry heat now, but like 110. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was up it was in the triple digits, and there was a sign that said horses like 450 dollars, and then ponies 350 dollars. So it was at this dude ranch. So we went up there, and I of course I picked the hairiest one out there. <laughs> the hair was like you know four inches long, and we did, had no idea about Cushing's disease, you know. Uh. Um, and uh, so we brought Noah home. And wouldn't you know, like a couple months later, um, I was doing eventing, and then, but my trainer was a hunter trainer. So we went to Watsonville, which was an A-rated show, um, which I was never a very good hunter. Um, <laughs> and Noah would stop quite a bit, which, again, we didn't really know. We just thought he had stopped because he was naughty, but I probably was quite laminitic being cushionoid. But uh. we'd have to body clip him every, gosh, every couple of months. And we got offered like $20,000 for this pony, and I threw it. Fit. And my dad, he must love me. My dad did not. He wanted to sell the pony, and my mom said absolutely not. I mean, we paid three hundred and fifty dollars for this, oh, <laughs> and not two months later, someone's <clears throat> offering us twenty G's for this thing, and I'm like, you can't take my pony away, you know. Meanwhile, my mom's body clipping it, so my mom is a very artsy person, and and every two months we would have to body clip. No, and we just we thought it was strange they wouldn't shut up, but again, we didn't know any better. And so she started doing these designs on his butt. <laughs> and so she came up with the, like, she did the P sign, which once she messed up and it was like the Mercedes. <laughs> um, and then she did the P sign, but then my mom got really good. And his name, his show name was Noah's Ark. So she started doing, like, the Ark with the animals in it. I mean, oh, this wow. isn't like a, she didn't use a stencil. Like, she hand did this. Wow. So she'd always do two sides, so in case she messed up. And then once I had a horse show sponsored by Budweiser, it was an um, event. And Noah became like a, I think I took him up to novice and he was, um, he won the dressage. It was, yeah, I'd either win or I'd lose on him because he would stop or I managed to get him over all the jumps. Um, and he was, his butt was on TV because my mom did a frothing like beer can on his butt. Oh. It was so <laughs> unbelievable. His butt made TV. And, um, and so that pony kind of started my career 
and then I got my first off the track thoroughbred. Um, I was in pony club at the time, and I got up to my like my C two with the or C three with the pony. Um, and then I got a two-year-old off the track, and I'm like, mind you, like six or seven. Um, and that was Fishbones, who recently died this year. He just passed away this year, um, oh, so he lived ve- a very long life. And wow. I took him, he, I took him to a one-star um, eventually as a two-year-old, and up to a one-star, and made every mistake that you can make with him. Um, we ended up moving out to Virginia when I was 14 years old, and. Um, my my I, I thought Virginia was super backwards. My parents were getting were separating and getting a divorce and you know, I was really big into the swim team and I was big into horses and the swim team was taking over my horse time. So I had to decide, you know, which which one I was gonna do. And when I chose the horses, we were losing so many events at the time in California. Now it's not the same thing, but at the time we were losing so many events. We my mom said we got to go east um, because I was showing a lot of promise in it and I was moving up to prelim. I was 13 coming 14. Um, and so when we first moved out there, I was really depressed. So my mom said, you know, as a going away present, she would take me to Rolex, which I like always dreamed about going to Rolex. Mm. And so <laughs> my first Rolex that I watched was actually the first year that it was a four star and a three star. Nick Larkin won it on a horse called Red. Wow. And, um, and wouldn't you know, the very next time I would be back there was when I was competing there. I was wow. 20 or 21. That so awesome. that was pretty cool. Um, okay. So... Yeah, was that like so the minute? I, that, I'm sorry to stop you, but like when yeah. you went there and you saw this was Rolex, or you know, was it like in your mind right then? I'm going to get back here as a rider, or were you still? Well, I knew I've always, <clears throat> even before then, in '96, my mom took me to the '96 Olympics. Um, mm. She worked at the Atlanta Olympics, and I was, I think, I was going like novice or training then. And I, even then, like I, Karen O'Connor signed a poster for me. And I, every when I, ever since I got that in 96, that poster lived on my ceiling of my room um, in California and in Virginia. And so, like, before I went to bed, I saw that poster. And when I woke up, I saw that poster. And that's always been my goals. And Karen has become a great, a dear, very dear friend of mine. Um, and I remember she invited me be- when we started becoming really good friends to her 50th birthday party. And I remember sitting her down in private and telling her that like you have you've I'm Buck is my like my big brother and I've ridden with him for the longest I've ridden with anybody but you are my idol you literally have been my inspiration to get to where I am at this point you know um and literally I have your poster that you signed you didn't even know who I was (laughs) and that poster Every day I looked at it in the morning and every night before I went to bed, I looked at that and that has been, so even before I went to Rolex, I was, I think I just moved up to prelim and I thought it was really hot stuff. Like I was telling everybody in the crowd, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going prelim, like <laughs> probably, probably getting like forties in the dressage and having a bunch of rails and stuff, but I was going prelim. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and so I, yeah, I was, I, I knew that that was exactly where I was going to go. You know, you never really no, until you quite get there. So actually going there when I what uh, would have been five years later, no, six years later, um, was a totally different feeling actually driving to the back of the barn to the horse. Um, but yeah, and that was with my, my next horse, which my, was my mom's horse, which she gave to me because Fish, my, my first track, off-the-track horse, um, broke down. Um, and so I got Jamie and took Jamie from the one-star to the four-star. And he took me to my first uh, international event in Blenheim, where we placed the highest highest place Americans, wow. and mm-hmm. took me to two four stars. And um, 
and did the I did I was actually very proud proud to say that I did the very last um, long format four star Rolex and which was really cool I did the very first short format which was at Blenheim um, because the Olympics was the very first short format and then the actual like any like the first show after the Olympics was Blenheim and I was the very first one to do that which was really cool we didn't really know what to do and Buck got Nicholson to walk me around the course and sort of prep me for that and then um, and then I got to do the last long format four star which was amazing and wow. um, so that was quite an experience to be able to do all the levels at long format um, you know it added a lot of horsemanship and what age were you when you did your first four star 20 or 21. Wow. I, I think I was 21. I think I was 21. Um, That's cool. And so, and then I'm back when I was 22. And then um, <clears throat> the next year, Jamie passed away. Um, he had an, a stomach aneurysm. And oh. so I, um, and so I went back, I believe the year or two years later with Mazzetto um, and, and Frodo. And then, um, and then I and then and then I've had Al, so I've had four four star horses. Wow! Um, and you know, go, take me to the level, and three of which have had from from the track um, up. And Mazetta was uh, Janelle's very first um, very first horse that she took from nothing to, and he's half Cleveland Bay, half New Zealand thoroughbred. And I got the ride on him because one of my one of my dear friends passed away, and her. Um, a riding accident and her parents wanted the horse to get going, see what he could do. And, um, so I took the horse, I took him to three events and my fourth event was Rolex and it was the best to this day, the easiest four star round of my life. I wow. never thought I could say mm. that about a four star cross country round, but that horse, it was just, it was just magical. Um, Jeez. and that horse, that horse was, that horse is magical and he's still around. And I, um, I, uh, I, um, the girl that bought him after Rolex, um, cause the family needed the money, um, they had a son with disabilities. Uh, the girl sold him back to me for nothing, literally nothing, because um, she said, you know, I, he is done with his upper-level career, and I'd like to see him back with you. And I was like, that, thank you so much, because yeah. that horse meant so much to me. Wow. So he's, uh, yeah, he's showing the ropes to one of my students, so he's living the life. He's a war horse. That's awesome. Um, and just like how Al, Al will always stay with me. So, um, and Al's certainly done his time, and um, poor guy, I've made every mistake in the books on him. So yeah, so every horse in my life, I've been very lucky. They've shaped my career to where it is today, and I'm, I'm not near where I want to be. But I feel like you know Patrick is sort of the pinnacle of, of all the horses because he sort of has everything um, that all of them didn't have. Um, and I'm hoping that you know I, I I feel like Al should have been a horse that was on the podium, but I wasn't. He he was deserving of probably a better rider that I could give, you know, and the better ride that I could give to him at the time. And, um, but no one else was going to rescue him from going to the killers. So yeah. it's sort of, you know, it was a catch 22, wasn't it? And I got better as our career prolonged. Um, it was sort of a better late than never. Uh, but in his younger years, he needed a better ride. And I just, I didn't have the ability to give that to him. And, um, and so it's a shame because that horse really should have been, on the podium, um, many times is till this day, one of the most incredible athletes, especially thoroughbred. I mean, he could compete against warm bloods, but I do think that Patrick is sort of, um, has the best of all the worlds of all my horses. I think very highly of him and I, and I, I hope I do him a service. I hope, I hope from learning 
making mistakes from all my horses because that's really how we truly learn. Um, I hope I can I can do him justice and see him to many many podiums because I think he's pretty special. That's all. How old is he? He's seven. Ah, yeah. We're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. He's pretty special. He's pretty special. So he's uh, and he again he's off the track and he had uh, I just found out he had my fifteen. 15 or 26 or one of those starts and he won fifteen thousand dollars in the track which is way more than our friend al who only won like eight hundred dollars <laughs> <on the track. laughs> so um but no he's he's a really really cool guy and i just i think the world of him and um you know i i i always um, i have learned um the horses have taught me so much humility and you know, when I was young, it was all about how quick can I get the horses up the levels, yeah. and now it's about um, how well can I get them up the levels, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, it's not about doing it quickly anymore. It's about doing it really well. Um, and so, you know, probably if I would have had Patrick a couple of years ago, four years ago, he probably would have been doing intermediate a couple of years ago wow. um, just because he could. But but um, it that wouldn't have been right. You know, he wouldn't have been mentally mentally prepared for that just because he's got the scope endless scope to do it you know it um it wouldn't have been the right thing and um i because he is he is my top horse now um you know i've chose i've and, and the dressage has taught me a lot too um you know it's good to do things you know incrementally and take it step by step and if if one thing is really off and it's not worth going to the show, sure. if your show jumping is catastrophic or if your cross country is catastrophic, especially if your dressage is catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was pretty stoked to get a 37 on the, in the intermediate test with him this weekend because he really did everything that I wanted, wanted him to. I thought that I thought it was a little scored harshly, but, um, you know, he did all the lock to canners and it was a great start for where he is at the level. And I have no doubt that we can. And the biggest thing, especially for the thoroughbreds is he, remained super relaxed and he came out of that test feeling like he just won the world games and so <laughs> like i that for me i can build i, I can build upon that any day you know yeah. I, as long as i've got a relaxed horse that does his job he did everything i asked him to do oh we're gucci like I'm, I'm <laughs> okay with that, you know so um it's hard but i, I feel like if, I, if they're rushed then you bring in the nervousness because they're rushed and they're not, and they don't understand what they're doing wrong, you know. And so I've take I've been taking him to a lot of my pure dressage shows, um, and working a lot with my pure dressage instructor, and you know, just I, I take my time with him because what's 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 it going to be worth if he's losing the dressage? Sure. And you know, it's so competitive nowadays. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I want another L. I want another L, 2.0 but better, you know. And it's going to be hard to fill those shoes because that horse is pretty special. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. think I th- I have a pretty good feeling you're you're I, I, you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> you know, we saw we you saw know, you last I, weekend I, and everything looked pretty solid to us. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it. Like I said, I you know I'm 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 34 now, and um, you know I, I I look upon if I were 18, like again, it's when you're younger, it's okay to rush the horses. You just want the experience of going a higher level and jumping the big jumps. But now, you know, I've still not been doing Olympics yet. I'm pretty far off my, my goals of, of, you know, world domination. Um, and so I, you know, everything that I do, it's got to be great. And so it's pointless to go and get a subpar score anymore. You know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's way too competitive. And so it's been, the dressage has really opened my eyes into what we as eventers 
lack so much. And I don't say that in any way, shape, or form of disrespect because there's so much that we have to balance and so much that we have to do. But I feel as eventers that we spend almost too much time showing and not enough time preparing. Um, and I think we could cut out a couple of those shows and spend more time in Wellington. If you've got the money to spend more time in Wellington doing the dressage and show jumping in training so that when you come out to the shows, it actually means something or doing just the, or doing just the dressage shows and show jumping. Let's face it, the cross country, like we, we should know how to do, you know, that should be, that should be the last thing that we need to work on. It's, and honestly, the cross country is so much better when the other two phases are better. Right. Um, and I find that, you know, and I'm guilty of it. Like I find that we do a lot more showing than we do of preparation. And so that's sort of been one thing that I've changed in my program over the past year or so is, is, you know, I want to be prepared when I come to the show. I want to feel like the shows are review. I don't want to feel like it's all a time crunch. Gotcha. Now, who's your dressage coach today? My dressage coach is Radu Marcochi. He's a, very much an unknown in the dressage world and, and much much to my happiness because that means I get them off myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have lessons literally every single day of the week, which is amazing. Wow. Um, he is uh, from Romania. Uh, he was uh, he rode in the Spanish riding school for a year. He uh, had a horse in the Seoul Olympics. Um, he uh, was a very he was a big understudy with um, the very late legendary George Taylor Rescue, and George taught um, many teams: the German team, the American both dressage and eventing teams. Um, and I had the pleasure of riding under George. Um, I've been riding with Radu probably since I was like. Gosh, when I first moved out here, I think I was like 16. Um, so I've been riding with him for a long time, but really, really like consistently for the past like four years now. Um, and George's George's daughter Monica is the first female um, dressage coach for the German dressage Olympic team. So that goes to show you the program that Radu was sort of raised under. Very yeah. German, um, but wow. ne- but what I love about Radu so much is it's never about beating the horse. Um, he teaches everything softness. He treats a lot of stretching. Um, you know, he's, I, I don't think I rode one horse this weekend or last weekend with spurs on. on wow. dressage. Hmm. Um, so he's really opened my eyes to, to using my seat and that as eventers, we don't use enough seat. And why is that? Well, because our other two phases are out of the saddle, yeah. you know, so, so it's understandable because we have to work, we have to, learn to collect our horse, you know, coming from, a, uh, you know, like a six, six twenty meters per minute to a collected uphill canner coming into a coffin in a close contact jumping monoflap saddle. So how do we have to do that? We got to do that from a active, active leg. Right. But in dressage, it's different, right? You have a, you have a deep seat. Um, you know, I, he focuses on my toes being inside, um, not not kicking an even contact narrow hands. I put a video out the other day of a narrow hand. Um, very good video. Is, oh, great! It's a great video because I've learned so much from him in in teaching a contact to a young horse, um, and in the stretching. But but the seat has probably been the biggest epiphany that I've had, um, because I've learned, and especially in the upper level dressage and teaching the one tempies and the piaf and massage, you cannot physically kick the horse every single step to change. You know, they're signals, right? And the seat is what maintains the horse's pace, what um, what gets more amplitude. It's not the leg. And I even watch my Rolex tests, even from most recent on L, where I literally keep him going in the canter 
sure, my seat is is pushing, but it's the leg that's kicking at every step. And and if you watch any of the of the most of the upper level event riders, I would say I would say Boyd is Boyd and and Will Coleman have a have a good gauge on it. Um, but and and you know Kim, another one, and, and Kelly Temple and Laura. But there's there's only a small handful of of them that really. Are, understand the pure theory behind dressage, and that's what I'm saying. Is so many people they don't pay attention to that, um, and they're putting bouchets in the horse's mouth, or you know these Michelin. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Michelin bridles, um, but, uh, you know nose bands and all this, you know all this stuff, and it's and it's really it's just you got to teach the horse a contact. Like the let's go back to the loose ring scaffold guys, and let's let's teach you how to how to use your seat and not an overactive. Let's, let's take the spurs away. Let's tie your stirrups and let's let's train the horse to the seat and, and not dull him down to your hand moving 5 million miles an hour and your leg kicking him in the belly. And, and the only reason why I know this is because I'm guilty of all of that, of right. all mm-hmm. of those things. In my first Rolex, I used a boucher. <laughs> and now I throw them all away. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's been a really big eye-opening experience for me. And I try to bleed over that knowledge that I learn on an everyday basis in my pure dressage horses. Um, and I try to translate that to the eventing horses. Obviously I'm not going to ask for half of the collection that my dressage horses, I'm not doing Piaf and Passage on my eventing horses, you know, um, or pirouettes, but, but that sort of theory behind it, for sure my eventing horses need to understand that for sure. And it only helps them better improve and be more sensitive um, and, and in the jumping, in the jumping phases. Okay. Do you yeah. have aspirations of, you know, going to Grand Prix dressage and even like maybe making a team in the dressage? I do. I'm I'm close to Grand Prix. I'm close to Grand Prix with my one horse. Um, like I said, I've got a couple of them that are schooling Piaf and Passage. Um, one of them I'm doing one Tempe's. So it's just about he, the, my Andalusian horse struggles with the um, with the Passage. He's very good at Piaf. He struggles with the Passage. I had a horse last year of a client that I was meant to do. Um, my first Grand Prix on last year, um, but he went down to um, he went down to Wellington a little earlier. So if, if I get the ride back on him, I'll do my Grand Prix. I'm, I feel more than ready to take him tomorrow and do it. Wow. Um, but awesome. I, but I, yeah, I, I, it's definitely something I would like to do um, on the world stage. But like I said, um, it's not. It, Radu, he, I don't think he'll listen to this. I hope he'll kill me. Oh, my um, heart's broken. I was like, totally giving this up for Radu. Well, you know, I'll share it with him, but I hopefully he will stop. He will not listen to this part. Yeah, because I love the dressage. My heart, I, I, and I find it's very much a cerebral exercise more mm-hmm. than it is a physical. But I will tell you, my heart, my heart is with eventing. I love the people in eventing. I love their true spirit. We're out there in the pouring rain. We're laughing as horses are trying to buck us off. Like, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's, it's a lot bit, a different personality um, of the eventers versus anybody else in the sport. And I, and I just, you know, I've grown up around that and I, and I love the people. I love the people. Like I live and I die by those people because they're just, you know, I can call I, like my best friends are like, you know, Jenny Brannigan and, you know, Hannah Sues and, and, um, and, and Elisa Wallace and, you know, all those people, I can call them and ask them, Hey, you know, I'm having a hard time with one of these horses. What would you do? And I know that they're going to tell me they, they would come down if they could and ride that. I have had Jenny ride my horses for me because I was out of town in a dressage show, you know, and, and, and didn't charge me a dime right. and she yeah. would let me pay her, you know, and that's like, for me, that's just, 
because everybody wants to see everybody do well because it's way too dangerous of a sport to wish ill will on everybody. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, and, and it's just a true camaraderie between the riders and everybody's there to tell you exactly what the striding is, you know, and, and that's, it, there's no snarkiness in, in that aspect about it. And that's, that's what I love so much about the sport. Yep. Yeah. We, we love it. Love the people as well. And yeah. And our, our time is, um, in the eventing, you know, being around it, eventing and everything like that is, it's just, <clears throat> everyone's, everyone's helping everybody. You know, you know, the smoothie lady. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> we were actually chatting with ever. her and her husband and, you know, they're a good gauge cause they go to lots of different shows and stuff. And, and even they were saying, listen, like they love the eventers for just exactly what you just said. Just everyone's smiling and talking. And I mean, obviously, right. obviously everyone's like serious. It's, there's a lot of business at hand, but, um, right. You know the, the the fact that people talk to each other and the people that are willing to help each other and uh, yeah. if you don't have someone to set rails for you, it's just I mean, mysteriously someone will show up and right. next thing you know you're towing them up up three holes, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yep. So yep, you're exactly right. There's some you're exactly right. Awesome, awesome people in the sport. It, it's it's a, it really does because the ones that aren't awesome, you know, the workload is way too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it just weeds those ones out. Honestly, it does. Um, and I just, I love the horsemanship that it teaches the kids and, um, it teaches a sense of responsibility. It's not showing up in the grooms, have the horses tacked, yep. you know, it just, and what's so great about it is it, you know, really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proof, proof in the making is you can come from any monetary background and still kick ass, mm-hmm. you know, like, like my Patrick course was, was $1,500 guys, yeah. wow. <laughs> like, you know, like, um, and I, I would not sell him for, I would not sell him for any amount of money, but if someone came up to me with a million dollar check, I still wouldn't sell him, you wow. know, like, because my dream doesn't cost money, you know, like right. that, that horse is my dream. Um, and, um, you know, there's no amount of like, that's what I love so much about the people is you can come like, I have great, I have, I have a really amazing friend that comes from a ton of money and she's around driving a jalopy. You know, like, you would never know this girl. She's losing her credit card half the time. I'm paying for the meals. You know, like, <laughs> but she's out working. She's tacking the horses up. There's, that's what I love so much about it. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stratify people based on monetary status. And, 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 and that's what I love about it. It's everybody works equally and works as hard. The ones with success, you know, the ones that have success and passion in it. And, and, you know, I see you know, I see the trainers like Buck. I mean, I've, I have seen Buck out there from, like, riding his horses early in the morning. He is out there. I mean, I remember having lessons with him and pouring down rain. I could hardly even see the man, Ugh. and he's out there teaching me, you know, or see him teaching in Ocala all day long. And I'm out there. I know because I'm out there setting jumps, with, you know, helping him out. And, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like, the, the people that it, that it draws are just – they're a very probably we're a little bit stupid, um, <laughs> crazy, but more than anything, we're passionate people yeah. about what we and we're competitive and and the horses come first. The horses come first, um, and and if they don't, you get called out in the mm-hmm. sport. You know, yeah. you don't belong in the sport, and that's right. um, and and and, I, and that's what's so great. That's what's so great about our sport, and um, and and that's. Like I said, I, I, I love the dressage, and I'm having so much fun with it. I'm learning I'm learning how to ride all over again, and it's very humbling. It's very humbling because I'm learning how to do things like when we were little kids, learning how to you know 
pick up a canner lead, and for me now it's like, okay, how do I transition into a collected trot to right into passage? Like, and that's really cool. Or how do I, you know, go from one tempi extended canner into a pirouette? Like all these things are wow, this is amazing. I'm learning how to do this. What are the signals for that? Um, and and I and I would like to take it to a really big stage. I really would. Um, I just don't foresee it taking away from the eventing. Right. And maybe in the long run when I'm super old and really broken. I, mean, <laughs> I, I hope I don't break anymore. Um, you know, it might be something that ends up taking over. But, um, you know, I think that would be, be pretty, pretty, like, year, like many decades from now. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Yeah. I, t- I think it's, I think it's super cool. I think, I, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I just think it's awesome. I think it sounds like you're like a hundred percent, like, in line, like I, I, I like what you're saying about the the dressage and how you know. I, I think it's, um, you know, you're having your dressage lessons with the dressage pro. I think is is smart. You know, I think yeah. uh, anymore it's kind of, you know, I think I, 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 that can only help you. That can only make your 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 horse. It really does better. And you as it ride. really does. And and now I've been really appreciative of the new test this year because they really are incorporating the pure dressage tests. Gotcha. Um, you know, and I know Marilyn wrote a lot of them. Kudos to her. Big kudos to her because, you know, I like the intermediate level test A is exactly second level test one. Oh, okay. Okay. Exactly second level test one. So it's like, okay, that's I know the test. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it's it's we're adapting a lot of the pure dressage into the dressage as it should because it makes sense. There's been a lot of things in eventing. In the eventing dressage, it just didn't make sense in the past years, um, you know. And I think, you know, as much as I probably will, it'll probably kill me down the long road. I think the stretchy circle and the four star tests, you know, it's a it's a third it's a third level test movement, but it's a very good movement to show is the horse following the hand of the rider, or mm-hmm. is it just held together by the rider? You know, it's a great test of connection and contact and suppleness and. Um, because it really shows how tight the horse is in the back, or is the horse relaxed? It shows relaxation. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a. I think they've done a really good job to rewrite these tests and put more pure dressage into them, and I think it will make more sense to the horses in the training, in the fundamentals of the training to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds awesome. That's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I I I, uh, I love it. I'm on fire. I'm fire. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've never been I'm so glad. excited about dressage, but I think it's, I think it's cool. And I love what you're saying. Like you explain everything so good. Like if I rode horses, Karen, I'd be like, Hey Lainey, I'm coming down. I'm coming down for a ride, but I'm still working on finding a horse. Big Tell me about that shoulder in. <laughs> <laughs> you would not want to see me. Ride. Hey, so just like, uh, you know, I, if you, if you had advice for that up and coming rider, since you started so young and, you know, you went up all the levels and you did it the hard way. If you had, you know, some advice, a couple little ju- little nuggets of uh, knowledge you you can impart on your rider, or, or what, what would you say to them? You know, I get a lot of um, direct messages that ask me that same exact question um, on like Instagram and stuff. And and you know, what I say the same thing. You know, people get, make the mistake of thinking it's all about money. Having money is awesome and it certainly makes it makes it easier but it's not the end all be all right there there are ways and there are options to make the horse thing happen no matter what the what the financial state is of, of your family or yourself 
Um, the biggest the biggest thing that I tell people, so if you don't have a horse or whether you have a horse or not, the first thing to get into eventing to learn the ropes is to, you know, it depends on where you live, but, you know, if you live in more of a sort of a state that's not really big into eventing, but you haven't done enough and you just want to get your feet wet, the working student programs are huge. Huge, right? You got to learn horsemanship. You know, I, I try to dissuade people um, that are just learning, like, how to ride, that want to come to me to do a, a working student program, because it, it, you, you'd be throwing you into the fire, right? Like, you got to know a little bit of something before you come to a four-star a four-star facility. Mm-hmm. You know, so my biggest my biggest piece of advice is to find a local trainer. It doesn't even matter what the trainer does. I mean, if you want it to be specifically eventing, awesome. But you can learn a little bit from dressage. You can learn a little bit from, from jumpers. Just the whole horsemanship side and how people do things, um, you know, and proper care of the horses. Where are they feeding the horses? Um, and what, how do they... How do they prep their horses for the shows? A program is an amazing thing to learn. And it's an amazing thing to learn a bunch of different programs so that when you become old enough, you can create your own program. That's how I created my own. I worked for Jimmy Wofford. I worked for Stephen Bradley. I worked for Philip Dutton. And I worked for Buck Davidson. I've taken all these programs and I've made it my own. Right? None of of them would expect me to do just their program. Right? right? They've taught me. They've taught me many, many years, many, many dollars worth of lessons, um, and a lot of my hard work has paid for those lessons, and they would expect me to take with it and, and, and run, and, and just like I teach my students, and you got to pick what works for you and what mightn't work for you, and, and, um, and go with it, and so I always say for like the people that are living in like Ohio or Illinois, like find or Kentucky or, or California, find that local person that is well respected in the community and work for them for a summer. And then and then once you feel like you've gotten you've got a couple shows under your belt or a season or two under your belt, um, and you can manage the workload, then you find a four star writer who you respect because every one of us are taking we take on working students. Um, and and be prepared. It's like modern it's like indentured servitude it's, yes. it's a lot of work for no money but it's um that's how i started that's how i learned um you don't get you don't get paid to do it but you get housing most of the time you get housing um you get free lessons you know i know i i haul my horse my students horses for free um to the shows and whatnot and so it's a great way to 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 get this working off your lessons. And, and then also, you get to ride a lot of their horses. Um, you get to watch a lot of these riders' lessons. You get to see how they do their program. I mean, this literally costs nothing but your work yep. um, and, your, and your time. And to me, if, if, it's, if it's a road that you want to pursue, that there, there's no other, no other way to do it. The second piece of advice that I'm telling kids, and this is, again... I don't care what financial family you come from, always go to college. Always go to college. I don't care if it's online college or if it's Stanford. College for me um, is hands down a necessity. Too many kids take the route of just doing horses and then God forbid something happened where they don't want to do it anymore and college is a lot harder to go back to. You know, if you have parents that are willing to pay for your college, um, you know, or if you don't have a horse at the time, or if you do have a horse at the time, then you can do a working student program. There's ways to work around things 
um, to make it happen. But you always, I remember Sharon White told me, and she told me perfect, I was always going to go to college, but I remember having a really rough day. I'd had exams, and I was trying, I mean, I was going to Rolex while I was in college at UVA, so, I mean, I had a lot of stresses, okay, and mm-hmm. um, I was had a stressful day of exams, and, and Sharon said, you know, I always want horses to be my passion. If I didn't have a if I didn't have a degree, then it has and it becomes a job. The day this becomes a job is the day where it's it's not fun anymore. So you always want to have a degree to fall back on. The, so God forbid, you know, we get hurt in the sport that that you have something a degree from a college it doesn't even matter nowadays. The job market's so competitive. It, 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 it matters your experience, you know, um, and your and your references that you can get, and um, and that really I will never forget Sharon telling me that. And um, you know, I went back to business school later, um, and that really has helped me with my business and creating hashtag and a platform and social media. And um, and that's you know, I think I think kids need to understand the importance of that um, of that uh, of school, and um, and not to mention, you know. Not all the time do my sponsors want to talk about horses. So the great thing about college, you know, sure it's a liberal environment, but it gives you other things to talk about other than horses. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you can at least bring to the table a little bit of, you know, I don't know, it depends on who your owners are, but you can talk about politics, you can talk about you can talk about all the things that you don't want to talk about religion, you can talk about <laughs> fashion, but you can at least hold a conversation outside of the horse world. And you know what? People actually enjoy that. Yeah. People enjoy having an adult conversation about other things other than horses, you know. Um and just being able to have a commu- communicate with people. Um a lot of some some horse people don't have that um, affinity to communicate, and I do think that it comes with your personality. But I also mm-hmm. think college and being in a social setting helps to help structure that um, in your personality. Wow, that, excellent advice. Mm-hmm. That was a good. That was a question I was actually going to ask. Was I know you went to college, and I was curious. Sure. You know what what what. what would you recommend how many how many horses were you riding while you were in college? Like I had five. Oh my wow. goodness gracious! I had five. So I I and I and I this is people will think I'm lying, but I had my first libation when I was 27 years old. Um, I it was it was a bad night for me because I uh, definitely did not. Um, I was very sick. I was very sick. <laughs> <laughs> you went all the um, way through college without a libation. I did not. I was not at college for one single weekend. I had a horse trailer, and I went home, or went to Florida, or went to shows every single weekend. Wow! Every single weekend, I was I was not at school once. Mm. Wow! So for any weekends, yeah, I was. But again, it's you know, I I was in school for I was at a good school. I wasn't there for any other reason for her school. I was also, you know, on a training squad. I my mind was very focused on horses. There was nothing else. So I didn't, and you know, and, and riding with Buck, Buck is very anti-smoking, anti-drug, anti-drinking. I've always been raised in that sort of environment anyhow. I, you know, I, I was dare. I love dare. I've always been a, a ham anyhow in class and I love to act. And like dare got me. They got me by the collar when I was in fifth grade because we could do these plays. Like say no against drugs. And I was like, oh my god, I, it's a free chance for me to act in front of people. Awesome. So I was like a total dare spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing so, wrong with that. That's clean oh, living. I love it. I love it. Um, but you know, and now I enjoy. I enjoy my wine every day. You know, I, I you know I don't do it very. I don't do it very often. But hey, I do it's a crazy schedule you're trying to keep. 
Yeah, I know exactly. But um, no, it's um, yeah, I. It, the horses, the horses definitely kept me around. I had eight o'clock classes, and um, I would always laugh at the kids. Oh my god, my class is so early. It's like a ten o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I've been up since six, and I'm uh, finishing at one. I got to ride the horses the rest of the day, and blah. Oh, so. And for the um, record, I'm gonna butter you up a little bit. I have a nephew that's going to UVA this fall. Oh, very cool. He's going to be in the band. They, oh, awesome. They do. 200 shows a year i think is what i was told oh wow so <laughs> pretty pretty heavy that's that a, is heavy that's heavy yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of you know a lot of marching it's a great a school yeah. it's a great school I, I i enjoyed my time there yeah, so. but i didn't go to graduation because i had a horse show <laughs> oh, oh, jersey fresh jersey oh. fresh out of three star two three star horses and two star horse sorry i couldn't go i had to Graduation. I walked. I I I walked out of that last day of class. Never looked back. So. That's so funny. Send it. Send that diploma. <laughs> That's right. That's, I did, they did, and I. Yep, <laughs> I never looked back. I was. The horses were waiting. That's <laughs> funny. So hey, uh, just as far as uh, you know, if you had like a, you know, your future goals. Uh, um, I think you kind of well, what what you said. World domination. What's yeah. what, what what your future? Your legacy. What's um, you know, twenty, thirty years from now? What's what's the Laney Ashker world domination? Plan? Well, you know, geez, I would love to have won some gold medals by now. You know, a lot of it, as I found, has I hate I hate to say because I feel like you become a victim of your own fate, but a lot of it is based on luck and being in the right place in the right time. You know, horses go lame, mm-hmm. um, and some of that stuff is just just darn bad luck you know but I also try to stack the cards not against me but with me so I'm trying to build my arsenal of horses um, as much as I can you know so yeah 20 30 years from now I would like to expand my um, resume to not just Burley and Kentucky but top top finishes at Burley Kentucky Badminton you know Lemuel and Poe and I'd like to have a couple you know I'd love to World Games. I mean, obviously. I mean, this. Why do we do it? I. I on it, it. Truth being told, I will, horses will always be in my blood. Horses will always be my soul. But if I couldn't compete, I don't know. I, I don't know. I. I might be acting in California or doing something with fashion. You know, I. I live to compete. Um. There's a saying that. Um. I was pretty disappointed with my rides last weekend at Wardaka. Um. You know, I. I had a stupid rail with Patrick because I lost focus because he was jumping so out of, out of his skin in his first intermediate in the show jumping. And I just sort of chuckled. And in that moment of laughing, which is so <laughs> stupid, I lost my concentration and, and lost this, lost like my, my point of turn, my focus, and sort of just ran him at this vertical and he just completely clobbered the jump. It completely wasn't his fault at all. I felt so bad. And then like I missed a jump on on um, my prelim horse lost in Ireland. I just I skipped the jump. And I already jumped the darn course. I just <laughs> lost my focus. And on on Comet, I um, had a, a refusal. I marred his nearly perfect cross country record um, because I, I just didn't get I just didn't get his focus and my focus on a corner. Um, and and I told my mom that um, I don't think it's that I love to win so much. I think it's that. I hate losing more than I love to win because the connotation there's the connotation of when you lose you've lost something there's a negative connotation like I had it 
like I always feel like I can be a winner, mm-hmm. but it's the act of disappointing myself of actually losing something. It's, it's the saying, I hate to lose more than I love to win. Um, because I always feel like I can put myself in the point of winning. Like the winning part is, is not the difficult part. It's the losing part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know the ingredients of how, of, of how to win. That's actually quite simple. It's doing it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's executing it all three phases. Um, and, and so that's sort of something, you know, it's that I have to, it's a continual thing. And I have talked talk to people about, about the mind and how powerful it is. Um, and, and I've gotten better about not beating myself up so badly about it. I mean, it, that would have resulted in like a, a crying session. And I, and I had a, I had a couple tears on Comet coming out after cross country because I was just so darn mad at myself. Aww. But it was limited to just the walk back to the trailer, and then it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, before it would have been like the rest of the night. Um, I've gotten way better about that, um, and then I've let it go. And now I look to the next show as not a drudgery, but as motivation to prove myself right again that I can do this. Right. So yeah, so I mean, I think in, in 23 years from now, I think it's very much doable to be able to accomplish all those goals. Um, but it starts with the mind first. You know, it's always mind over matter, and that's what people have to understand. It's um, and, and and stacking all the cards with you. So, you know, I see a nutritionist. Um, I'm on this. I'm on this thing called Thrive, um, which helps me um, because I've I always have struggled with my weight, and which doesn't look like it. I know, but it is a constant. I work really hard with for my weight. Um, it's not something that is easy, comes easy for me. I can't eat whatever I want. Um, and so um, a, very, a, a lady that's become really good friends with me reached out to me um, earlier this year and, and, and started me on this Thrive, and it's been sort of a game changer for me on top of seeing my nutritionist. So anything that I can do to improve and better myself as a rider, as an athlete, because we do that with our horses, you know? So I, like I said, try to stack the cards with me um, instead of against me. And, you know, I figure if all those things are in a positive, that's only going to make me better in the long run. Heck yeah. Sounds like you're, sounds like you're totally on track. Like I'm super impressed. (laughs) I hope so. You know, I really hope so. I, I, this year I might not have an advanceable horse, but it's a year for me of self-improvement, of sort of finding myself with the horses and really starting to come back to uh, with a gusto of what I know I can do. Um, you know, it's, it's, I w- I'm not going to lie, it was a really hard blow to not only um, my, my results, but my sort of self-esteem and confidence losing, losing my top horse. Because, I mean, that's, oh gosh, I had Allison since she was a four-year-old, and not that he's lost and dead, but right. he's, you know, I'm not, that's like putting on an old shoe, you yeah. know, like, you know, exactly how it fits, you know, it's, 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 no, it, you, it feels so good to, you know, exactly, okay, I know he's going to drift left over this corner, blah, 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 you know, I know he's spooky at things, you know, I know, I, I know I can be in the top, I, I rode that dressage and every time was the winner, and I'd be surprised if I wasn't, you know, now, I'm, now the, my younger horses, it's coming it's it's starting to come along with them. Like Patrick was winning at Freelam, and now he's starting over, moving on a phase. Jameson is beginning to win in the in the dressage. Comet's winning in the dressage. You know, so it's just starting now to come to fruition. Last year was a year of no one was really winning in the dressage, but you have to be patient because you can't 
like I said, before I'd try to rush these guys up, but everything with horses comes with time and patience and anything done done right takes time. It takes time. Um, I'm so glad you're that. And so it's it's this year I'm hoping that this work will begin. Begin. I'm not gonna say completely pay off, but I think it will begin. So that will be sort of at our peak by by Tokyo year. Oh, that'd so. be awesome. Nice. Well, I think yeah. that that's also super valuable for a listener, a, a young person, um, or, or an amateur adult that's saying, "Oh, you know, I, I, you know, it's kind of been a theme through this entire interview." That's, you know, early on you were trying to rush and, and move up, and just it's all about you know checking sure. that next level off, and and now yes. here you are in a in a position where you you're taking a you know, you're kind of back and you're not exactly at the lower levels, but you're, but you're not where you want to be, you know, a Kentucky, sure. a Kentucky comes and goes and you know, yeah. you're in Virginia. And you know what, as much, I love Lisa. Lisa is one of my best friends. I would probably say, I would say close, my top three best friends and I love her, but God, it hurts to not be riding there. <laughs> it hurts so bad to not be riding there. But I, you know, if I'm going to go and support anybody and help them out, it's going to be her because I believe in her so much. And I, I, I appreciate her for her horsemanship and what she's done. And, and I love Johnny. Um, so I go with her to these four stars. A, to stay in the game. You know, it's good for my visibility um, to go and walk these courses. And, you know, it's really nice to be needed. You know, and, and, and I love, like, Karen makes me feel so good because Karen always asks my opinion. It's It feels really good that someone wants to still ask my opinion, even though I've not been doing four-star for two years. Um, because it's so quickly you can be forgotten in a sport if you don't, if you're not there at the level. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's I, I, I try to be a part of that to stay in, to stay relevant and... Um, you know, and, and now I'm, you know, I'm back up to, you know, Comet was doing two-star last year, going to hopefully get him back up to two-star and um, get Patrick up to intermediate, um, solidly, hopefully two-star, and um, and Jameson as well. And if I can end the year with three two-star horses, I think I'll be feeling quite good for, you know, one or two of them at the four-star level in, in two years. But again, I, I, I'm not in any rush. If they need to take two more years and I miss out on Tokyo, then I miss out on Tokyo. Like, I... Like I said, I don't want to go to a four-star in last place after dressage. I, I did that. I did that before, and it was awesome, and I still signed autographs. But now, <laughs> when I go to a four-star, I want to go to win. Any time from here on out, I don't need the experience anymore with, with, the, with, with just jumping big jumps because I can do that at home. I want to go, and I want to be a competitor because I've, Al has given me that taste. He's given me that um, – you know, chance to give my first Rolex press conference and like when we were second after dressage and and that was pretty cool. Um, that was awesome. pretty cool to sit between Mikael Young and, and Philip Dutton and yeah. and yeah. Um, hold it down and and on a horse that you know I got off the track and I know was a lot cheaper than any horse there. <laughs> um, you know, and that and, and and a horse that I believe in and I believed in and continue to believe in. Yeah, so well. you know, I I. I that is what I strive for every time I go out. And if that means an extra year, if that means not an extra year, it, you know, the horses will tell you, the horses will tell you. Well, and I don't then, think, uh, and we... then in case rock, Sarah, you know, if, it, if it's, if it's, if it's, if you go there and everything goes, you know, boobs up, then, then that's what happens. <laughs> you, know, and might, you know, that's, that's, that's horses for you. They're, they wake up on the wrong side of the stall uh, every now and then. Oh, yeah. so. That's things. We've never thought you were like unrelevant. I mean, we, 
if it makes you feel any better, I mean, oh, I, thank you. I'm, I'm still super <laughs> excited to be talking to you. You know, it's just, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to walk around that badminton course, and I never want to be looking at these courses saying, "Man, it's so amazing what they do," you know, because then I feel like an outsider. I want to be like, "Okay, I want, yep, okay, I, okay, I'm going to do this this way," you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, ne- I never want my, my. My inner dialogue to say like, "Wow, these people are so amazing." You know, I want yeah. my inner dialogue to say, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach it this way." You know, like, right. and, well, you and, know. and it's 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 hard. It gets harder the longer you're out of it. So, as long as I can stay in in the game, um, you know, at, at least the intermediate level, because I think that's when it it begins to get a little bit more challenging and technical. Um, it's certainly not the height, um, and obviously advanced level. Um, I think it's, you know, you can keep your eye going and, um, you know, it, it's good. But um, I'll take anything at this point. I'll I'm take, stoked. you know, even the prelim horses keep you honest. Heck, <laughs> heck even my, my novice level horses keep me honest. So. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anything, but I think that I, I think that listening to you and your, your plan and, you know, your dressage training and your, your kind of uh, your, your, your methodical way of looking at all this, I think it's, it can only set you up for success. I mean, and, and I think that, um, you know, it's given you the the chance to 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 step back. If you if if you if you were trying to make the WEG team this year or something, you know, you might not be able. To, you might have to cut a corner, or you might have to speed up your process. So the fact that you're, you you know, you have this, you know, you have this timeline, you have this awesome horse, you have a great plan, you 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 know, you're doing everything perfectly, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Like, sure. I think it's awesome that this is. I'm. I don't see how it can go wrong. I'm. Uh, I'm stoked. Well, for I you. appreciate. It. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. We all. Everybody has to. Everybody has setbacks in their lives. You know, and I'm certainly not a not a stranger to setbacks. Um, mm-hmm. And I think everybody. I think overcoming adversity shapes us as athletes. Shapes us. Shapes us as human beings. And I. And I truly believe. I'm not a very religious person, but I truly believe that there's a, the higher power, or whatever. What, what is given to us, you know, what happens in our fate is, is given to us because we can handle it um, and, and, to, and to those that can handle it. And it's our duty to learn from those things. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I was having this conversation last night over dinner, um, you know, about, you know, like I don't see any right or wrong. I don't see – not wrong. I don't see any um, reasoning. Like every, I say everything happens for a reason to a certain extent. I don't see any reasoning behind the high school shootings. I think that's like pointless. I think mm-hmm. that's terrible. Um, but, but you know, being in, in, in everything like sort of in, in, in relativity it, with horses, like, um, you know, I with, – with, with my fall, for instance, with Frodo, um, you know, I, I learned I, – I, I, ha- I still have not watched that action. I probably never will um, mm-hmm. because it, it killed my horse, and I take 110% blame for that. Um, you know, I, I, I've learned from that. I, gosh, I, I think I spent the next year having so many time penalties because I overbalanced the jump, you know, and, um, you know, and, 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 they've, and the sport has become safer. I think I wouldn't say it's all credit of my accident, but I think it, a lot my accident was a massive part of of building safer courses for the horses and mm-hmm. for the riders, um, you know, and, and the, and the blow up vest. I mean, there's so many things 
that resulted in a positive thing in such a negative, negative, terrible situation, um, one that I never want to have. I, I mean, I think about it every day, but I never want to have to relive that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. So I, so I, I can't. So I can't say that Frodo's death has gone completely in vain. Um, you know, it, it, because, because I, because, I, and I won't let it because I truly have tried to learn from that so that, that I can do everything with my power to not have that happen again. And sure, there are things that are going to happen. I'm sure down the road that I, you know, a horse is galloping and breaks his leg or, you know, I, I, I never, I would never want that to happen. But I mean, sometimes things happen like that in, in, in any horse sport, you know, or you're driving and the tire blows out. I, who knows? I mean, but, um, you know, I try to be in control of what I'm able to be in control of and the things that I'm not in control of, you have to let them go. You have to let that go. Um, and, and so I've, I've come to terms, I finally come to terms with that accident, um, because I've been able to, to learn from it. Um, I'll never be okay with the fact that, you know, it resulted in in the death of my, my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I can, um, as long as I can learn from it, I can, um, I can feel as if his death did not not go unnoticed right and i and i truly feel that it didn't because you know that that fence was never has never been put on the course again that fence is gone um and and they've and they've just done such a great job to build courses that are equally as hard if not harder but but structurally structurally safer Mm -hmm. in in case you know a rider doesn't balance the horse to the jump as well as they should you know um and, um, and, and so, and, 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 and if that's, if that had to, you know, if that's, if that's the result that we gain from it, then, then, you know, that's, that's what I can, that's how I can sleep at night kind of deal. Wow. That's awesome. He was a, he was an, um, a pretty awesome horse. As a matter of fact, very special, we, we, very we were, special. When we were talking about, um, you know, this interview with you, Karen and I were, we were, we were thinking back at actually the first time we ever met you and your mom and you have no idea. I'm sure. Um, Karen, you want to tell Lainey real quick? Uh, we we, we actually... were, gosh, we were just driving by and we ran into plantation. It mm-hmm. was, uh, I forget. I don't know what year it was probably like 2007 or something like that. It was, uh, in the spring and mm-hmm. we just stopped by, didn't know anything about it. And next thing you know, we're walking through stabling and there you were. And well, we, we were looking for Frodo. Well, yeah, we were actually looking for Frodo because we did know about Frodo. Um, uh-huh. And uh, and there you guys were. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was a movie star. He was always so great with, with those fans that would come up because he, I always tell people, oh, he's, and the funny thing is, is I bought him from um, uh, Ross and Jules Smith. And, um, and he, my grandma and I, I bought him sight unseen. I saw three pictures of him and we bought him. I think he was $10,000, which I don't even know how that paid for the horse's freight to come over <laughs> from New Zealand. But my mom and my grandmother put $5,000 in because I rode with Philip at the time and he had all these New Zealand thoroughbreds and I really wanted a New Zealand thoroughbred. And this one was the price that we could afford. And it was like, that was like shipped to my door, like $10,000, baby, woo. And he hadn't shown, he hadn't competed. Um, and Ross was like, yep, the horse is really nice. And they're, I, I don't even, like, we never got any x-rays, but they said, oh, yeah, we vetted him. And then I talked to the vet, and I said, yep, he vetted. 
I don't even know. That horse was the soundest horse I could have ever owned. Bless his heart. And I, like, oh, my God, I remember getting on him the first day, and he, like, ran away with me at the trot. <laughs> it was so untrained. But, I mean, I that poor horse had to deal with me. I mean, I had it going prelim. I think I took it to one training, like, its first event, and then took a prelim from there. Had it going to a one-star by the fall, intermediate by the middle of the year. I mean, oh, my God, um, bless that horse's soul. And no, it was, was one-star in the spring and intermediate in the fall. And, um, you know, and, and that's where I, so I kind of go back to saying, like, you know, and the dress was weird. The dress was terrible. <laughs> uh, and finally, Buck was like, Lainey, what are you doing? Like, and that horse actually was such a kind, giving soul. He, like, after rushing up these levels, it was really through intermediate level, and then I sort of stayed intermediate level for a bit. Um, Buck helped me, like, work, work it out with him. And then he became, started becoming a winner in the flat. And he really got me, um, taught me a lot about how to ride a hot, because he's quite a hot little horse. Um, and taught me how to ride with a little a half seat in the show jumping. Um, I remember a really cool tidbit about Frodo. So the um, in 2007, in the fall, we went to Fair Hill. And um, it, was, it was in a three-star, and I was in the top six going into show jumping. And the girl, Kelly Salt, was riding a horse called Hollywood, and she had a double clear. Right before I go in, I had our team coach um, come up to me, Mark Phillips, said, Pending your show jumping, you will be invited to be on the training list, the winter training list. I'm going like, oh, God. Uh, you know, Buck's like, Lainey, uh, Lainey, calm down, focus, focus, you know. <laughs> and I think I was going into, I think I was going into um, the final warm-up for, for uh, show jumping. So I'm like freaking out. Cause, uh, and you know, you know why Mark did that? Because he was trying to say I work under pressure. Right. And I was, I was flipped out. <laughs> was, was, so Frodo was never a kind of – he didn't have the most scope in the world. He probably was a better three-star horse than he would have been a four-star horse because he went on heart because he, he loved me. and you know. He, but he didn't have the most scope in the world. He, um, Buck would always say I was a bit undermounted with him, but I loved that horse so much I would never think of selling him. I got offered a lot of money from the Irish team for him, but I turned it down. And – um, but he was getting quite competitive in the flat and the, uh, the most sensational cross-country horse ever. Amazing. Um, not as good in the show jumping because he gets so tight. And then when he gets tight, he really didn't jump very high. So, so that day, I hadn't jumped a clear advanced show jumping ride. I'd had maybe a rail. I got down to maybe having like one rail or I would have time and no rails, but I'd never had like a double clear. And so you know, Mark, and this is at Fair Hill Three Star. Like everything, I'm in the top. Like I think I was in like the top six or seven or something. So this is like the pre- the stakes are high here. And see, now Buck has always been a genius. With that's why I've ridden with this man for so long because he's a genius in 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 how to how to create like the best warm up for each horse. And with Frodo, knowing that Frodo got so tight, we would warm him up over big jumps like early early in the day. And then because he knew I would get nervous with the horse and the horse would get nervous, it, the final warm-up, we would not jump over. I w- I'm not kidding you, like 2-6. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, these jumps going in are 4 foot 3. Right. Yeah. But the, we would never jump over like 2 foot 9, maybe 2 11, nothing, nothing ever over that. So people would get really annoyed because my, my, their warm-up <laughs> jump was my final jump and they have to stay there. Um, and... And then, you know, when I would walk into the arena, I would never, you know, you have to halt and salute for the FBI, but I would walk on a long reign into the arena because I didn't want to ever do anything to upset Frodo to make him nervous. As peaceful and relaxed <laughs> I could make him, he would jump a better round. So 
Sean Faust is a famous, famous artist that does every Kentucky Derby winner every year. He is commissioned to do the Kentucky Derby winners every year. He happened to bring his wife, and he brought a lot of his artwork because he's from, like, the Elkton, Maryland area, and he came to Fair Hill this first year, and he took one picture. He wanted to paint one horse there, and the only horse he took a picture of was Frodo. And why? Because he said, it was the strangest thing. I was watching all these horses canter in, the riders <laughs> rain back them and turn around, and then I saw this one horse come on a long way. The rider <laughs> had one hand on the rein, the other hand just laying down on her side, and walk in, and I've never, it was just the, it was the most calming, relaxing presentation. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, and I had to take that picture, and I have that exact picture hanging up in my, um, pardon me, <laughs> sorry, um, I have that exact picture that he painted for me, um, hanging up in my, um, bedroom that Sean Faust himself actually painted, um, and he didn't know that was Frodo that died, um, uh, Rolex the year after, mm. Um, when he found out, he sent that to me. I had no idea that he took that picture wow. for a hell of him. Um, and, and when I was in the hospital, um, I guess he caught wind that, um, cause I was there for, I was in the hospital for, I think like two, two months in the ICU. Wow. Um, and he, so he caught the news of it and learned that Frodo died. And he, uh, when I came out of the hospital, I finally got home. Um, obviously wasn't bringing any ho horses home, um, that picture was waiting for me and um and i've since reached out to him um obviously many years ago and um and he made more prints prints of it and it's one of his highest selling pictures and just the way he did it just remarkable remarkable um presentation of, of the horse because he was so relaxed and wouldn't you know it it was my it was my first double clear round ever and we finished, I think, fifth or fourth at Fairhill and got on the Olympic training squad the next year. And um, it was my one of my most prideful moments to date. I've had many more double clear rounds with Al at Fairhill. But that was a round that, I mean, the cards were stacked against me. I had, like, you know, if Equa ratings were out, um, you know, doing their things, they would say, this is definitely a horse that's not going clear. You can, <laughs> can bet, bet against them. <laughs> um, and he put in a, like he didn't touch a single rail, um, wow. and I I was I was flabbergasted when I when I came out of the arena, um, and it was one of the greatest moments um, of, for sure of that horses in my career and probably in what in my career, and and I and I owe a lot of it to Buck because that warm up I mean I always stuck I mean he had me doing it a couple of shows before but gosh for this card I mean there was so much pressure and I just. And he was keeping my attention away from Mark Phillips because he was sitting there watching. <laughs> there was so much, so much pressure, and I was just like, "Oh my God!" And and it's like when everything goes right, it's such this, you know. Um, I was I was in the zone, you know. I was in that in that white light, and it was it was everything just everything just came right for me that that day. That is awesome. And it was it was pretty surreal. It was pretty surreal. So that's. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a very special horse, a very special horse. Down to his final, final breath, that horse um, saved my life. So yeah. um, I owe a lot. I owe a lot. All, all those horses, from Jamie to Frodo, um, you know, to Mazzetto to Anthony Patch, and all the horses in between. I mean, they've they've really shaped my career, and I I, I owe everything to those horses, and um, and I am so lucky to be where I am. And honestly, it, I I could say that the horses have a lot of talent, but you know, before the talent, it, bef I would take a horse with heart 
more than talent any day. And then that's what every one of those horses above talent, they have heart. And, and that's what's gotten us to where we are is because I believed in them 110%. I always believed, even when I shouldn't, that we were the winners <laughs> um, and that those horses had heart to believe that they were the winners. Wow. And um, that, you know, I, that you can't, money can't buy that. Money can't buy heart. Mm-mm. Wow. Well, thank so. you so much for sharing that with yeah. us. That's, yeah, you had me crying over here. I got I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, I picture means a lot to me. I you know, the <sighs> house ever burns down, I I'll save the birds and I'll save that picture. Yeah, uh, I hear the birds <laughs> chirping in the background. Yeah, they're they're mad that they're not being let out. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're very spoiled. What are their names, real quick? What are the birds' names? Um, the yellow faced one is is Elmo. Uh, the red faced one is Barney, and then the the green cheek Conyer is Oscar. He's my, he's my, um, I like to call him my special, my special one. So <laughs> he's, he's very special in his own way. He's a very odd bird, but I love him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Uh, so, hey, we're, we'll, we'll um, whoop. <laughs> so, mom's walking in. Oh, oh t- say hey to mom. <laughs> mom, everyone says hi. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get her on the next show. Yeah, she we'll would love it. She's a great, she's a great person. To talk Tell her about. we dedicate the whole first half hour of the show to her. Oh, she would love it. She would love to talk about what she looks for in thoroughbreds. She's amazing. She's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to thoroughbreds. Well, I definitely would love to chat with her. Yes. Um, hey, so we're you know start we 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 like to always uh, you know kind of start winding when well, when we wind down the episode we like to ask you about your sponsors and and who's helped you. Um, you know, what sponsors you use and have and, and, uh, cause we know that's pretty important to help keep everything going, uh, you know, For in the sure. barn. So, uh, it's your time to tell us about who, who's, who's helping you out there. Oh gosh, there's so many. I mean, I've had some amazing sponsors. Um, you know, I, uh, I've just signed, I'll tell you my newest sponsor, my two newest sponsors. So I'm super excited about, um, I just signed with struck breaches. S-T-R-U-C-K, and they they would like to pride themselves on saying they're sort of a mixture between like Nike with Lululemons. Um, they're very um, very nouveau type of breeches, very well fit um, and very tailored for uh, they they make everybody look good kind of thing. But wide waistband, um, super sticky, and they're just. They're absolutely the best of all worlds of riding britches, and I'm just super happy that they um, that we were able to work something out and work out work out a great relationship. I'm I love riding in these britches, um, and I have to say I'm really really excited about my um, a sponsor that has nothing to do with horses. It's called J Dosi, the letter J period D O S I. It's a high fashion high fashion brand, and um, I'm sure. I posted on my Instagram a picture of me in a black dress, and I happened to try this said dress in Aspen last year when I was with my boyfriend Sam. Um, he's from Aspen, and we were touring around all the high, you know, it's a very high and affluent area in Aspen, and it was next to the Gucci store in a place called Bandana that carries all, you know, name brands and high-end like Gucci and Prada, and um, Jay Dosey, uh, her name's Jenna was having a trunk show there and I just fell in love with her stuff and I start, I tried on this dress and then I looked at the I looked at the price and I was like oh boy <laughs> <laughs> and I tried on and I and um but it's it, it's 
everything that she makes, the lines, oh my God, they're just unbelievable. And so ever since I left, I just followed her on Instagram because I just, you know, I, I, everybody knows this about me. I love fashion. Like I said, I'm a city girl living in the <laughs> country. I, I love makeup. I love everything. I, that's why I love the Kardashians so much. I love the fashion. <laughs> I just, I'm a huge fashionista. And when she approached me, she said, she literally, um, wrote me, um, on Instagram, um, over Rolex and said, look, ever since December, when you came and tried on that dress, you have, to, the dress belongs to you. I have to send it to you. You uh -huh. have to have it. She sent me not one, but two of the dresses, one in a short version and one in the long version. And I was bowled over it at her generosity. And I said, look, can I, like, I talked to her about doing a sponsorship. Can I, can I wear your clothes for, like, trot up? And can I bring your brand out into the, I mean, the dress launch people would eat it up. They could afford it. Um, the jumper world could afford it. Mm -hmm. um, not to mention a couple of my owners who are, like, into fashion hugely. I mean, they would love their, her stuff. And she said, absolutely. So I'm really excited about that because it's bringing some, you know, high-end market of fashion into the horse world um, and I think that's going to bring some more visibility some different types of um, different types of people um, and visibility into our world and just like I mean I, I mean my dream would be to sign with something like Nike um, you know or uh, Puma or something it would be great to get that sort of visibility but this is a start of it and yeah. so I'm super excited about that you know, County has been a longtime sponsor of mine. I love Castell. I love Flair. Um, Flair strips have been huge. Jim Chiapetta, the owner, um, I've introduced him to my dad. They've, they they are become great friends. They're sort of these businessmen that work together. And I view Jim as sort of like my dad, which is weird, um, <laughs> because they both look alike, but they're both very much um, very smart businessmen. And um, you know, they make me they make me these amazing custom flare strips with my hashtag on it and um, the American flag. They know how much I love the American flag and. I'm just so lucky to have them and, you know, C4 belts and my heritage gloves and eco gold and thin line. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm forgetting so many right now. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to, I mean, all the English riding supply, you know, the 1k helmets and, um, my Fabry boots. Let me just tell you about my Fabry boots. I, um, I told Luca I wanted something, you know, I, I sort of drew out in my mind of what I wanted for um, my cross-country boots. And everybody knows how much I love my country and the stars and stripes. And mm -hmm. those boots are like my pride and joy because they're stars on one side and pat mother and stripes on the other side. And let me tell you how many compliments I get on those boots. And I I just, I love them. And, and that's a great company. I'm lucky to have them. Those boots are badass um, looking. I just saw oh, them. They're so, oh, my God. They're so cool. I mean, you, I mean, anybody would want those boots. They're just so cool. Um, and you know, yeah. So I, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I got horse hydrator um, that my mom turned me into, turned me on to, which is an amazing self filtration system. So if people, you, you're a little bit worried about your water, or you're traveling and you're worried about the water, it's a, it's a thing that you just plug up to the spigot. And you plug, plug your, your hose up to the horse hydrator, and it 100% filters the water. Okay. And they're not expensive. It's unbelievable. You know, platinum, platinum is amazing. Um, I had ruptured three discs before um, before Rolex in 2017, and Platinum not only sends my horses supplements, they sent me supplements. Not to mention Back on Track is another one that um, I believe in their products wholeheartedly. But 
they also gave me products for my back and they and those things I believe in them so much the back on track products they work they work they work um, and they help me get through with my back and um, Arius whips um, I have a, a whip that I compete at Burley that has Burley on it and I have my, my American flag whip that Carlos knows exactly like my colors and he literally has an American flag in it and you know, I mean, I, I, I literally could go on and on um, with my sponsors. And um, Neutrina is probably my, one of my kindest um, sponsors because they feed and supplement all. They feed my horses, and my horses have to say look like a million bucks. And they work with me one-on-one, and, and any horse that needs anything, they're, they're totally big. And not to mention, they sponsored my mom through her ride across America. Um, you know, my mom is getting a new horse in that's pretty underweight that she bought off the track and Neutrina is going to uh, get that one back up to speed and they're just a super supportive company and, and they believe in their product enough to to put it like risk risk their 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 brand that's how much they believe in it and that's how much I believe in it um, you know and put it on the line there to say here try this I'm going to give it to you that's how much I believe in it wow. um, and they're just they're just a great company and um, I, I I'm so lucky it was a blessing that my last company um, didn't take me, didn't sign me again, because I started with Neutrina from the from the ground, went back only at XTN and Proforce Fuel, and now look at them, look at the company they've become, and and they've taken me along with them, and I'm I'm so lucky, and That's yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so like I I, I like I said, I, I'm I know I'm forgetting a lot of my sponsors. It's not because I don't care. I just <sighs> I I can't. Re- I'm so <laughs> well, when you have as many as you, I mean, it sounds like you are, I do. You got I some have, awesome, and you got top flight lost. stuff. Yeah, I do, and I, and I have I have amazing people that believe in me. Soft ride boots, soft ride boots are amazing for the horses, and the ice boots are unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I could I need to like pull up something from my <laughs> website so I can see all of them because we use them every day. I use them every single day, and it just becomes a day in and day out thing because I wouldn't ever think of using anything else. Um, right. You know, uh, uh, I use a magnetic blanket. A response systems provides my horses with magnetic therapy, and they're amazing. And um, U.S. Rider, another one, um, great sponsor. Um, yeah, I can just go on for days. So very lucky, <laughs> very lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned like Nike or Puma would be like a. Do you have any other like of those uh, like a sponsor that you would love to have? You know, I I would really like again going out going out on a limb, and only these sponsors are primarily just to get the horse world in a bigger social network. Like I would love to do something with like Maybelline, you yes, know, yes. or, or cover girl, you know, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I love high end makeup. I use a lot of high end makeup, but you know, um, you know, FX, FX makeup, you know, I would love to do something with, um, you know, with these companies, you know, BB Backskin, uh, BB Bapskin is a great, um, facial line that's actually made by a, horseback rider she's an inventor actually coming up with her own line um who needs to get more notoriety because it's actually it's all natural she does great stuff um but we need to get you know you know how nascar has so many sponsors by like tide and blah blah blah. you know if we could get these big name sponsors into Mm -hmm. our sport we could start getting more money into our sport uh, more visibility into our sport more watching into our sport um and i i would love to be able to lead the way to do that I, i i did I do have Nixwear underwear, which is not just for you know it's it's a it's a big public company they're from Canada um, that does it's for every it's for women in general obviously 
Um, but it's not for horses, but I found that it works really well for horseback riding. Um, and so that's sort of a, they're sort of the middle tier company. They're just, I'd love to get like, Dr. Pepper does this huge slogan, especially on Olympic years, about being different. And they do like, they highlight the different sports like curling. Um, I can't remember the last sport they did, but they highlight different sports, not the mainstream sports. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, highlight some of, highlight eventing. Right. You know? Like, that would be huge. Um, and like, I have huge ideas that would love to get um, some of these people behind us. Um, GoPro is another one that I've tried to, I'm, I'm working with, I'm trying to work with Solar Shot. Um, which is a the camera that follows you around. So I've been going out there again. My business school mind is kind of whirling and twirling it. on top of on top of keeping thirty horses, you know, <laughs> under wraps and employees and the whole bit. But you know, I, I think I want to think so much more out of the box. I don't want. It's very easy for our world. It's a very conservative world. It wants to stay sort of within its box. But you know, just like the eventing eventing riders masters mm-hmm. over in England. Um, you know, they've been able to get so far because they've thought out of the box and they've got mass loads of money out there because they've, not only because, you know, they've got the BBC behind them, but they've got, you know, a lot more sponsorships and they've got so much visibility. And the only way we're going to get that visibility is by getting these mainstream sponsors like Lululemon. Like, you know, we've got so many beautiful women in our sport. Um, like, I know Ralph Lauren at one point, because I know one of our ladies that helps us out so much, knows him personally, wanted to do, like, a fashion design with some of our top leading riders. That'd be huge. But yeah. we need to make it more mainstream so that our sport gets more mainstream. Yes. Um, it is not seen as such a – because it is a sport of the kings, and it's a very – it's seen as a, an elitist sport. We have to figure out a way to bring it to the masses. Um, yes. And that's that's the way I foresee it happening is by trying to get some of these mainstream sponsors, these brands. Um, I'd be the first one. I would totally be a tribute to put my face on on some magazines. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. It's like um, it, it's like you just uh, it's like you read our business plan for Major League Eventing. Yeah, Laney. right. We're we're like so simpatico with what you've just said. Yeah, we yeah. are. Uh, we're we definitely... need more forward thinking people like that. And and again, it's very easy to get caught in the mix of of the of it being a sport of kings and it is but to keep it going at the rate we want to keep it going it's got to change you know change is a good thing Mm -hmm. it's hard to swallow but it is a good thing Mm -hmm. um and we have to be and we have to sort of go with the flow on that and and go with the 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 change and and social media i mean i remember one time at rolex i mean i had a longer i don't know how this is because i I actually wanted to get in line for an autograph of Michael Young, but I had a longer line. I'm like, you guys see who's over there <laughs> signing autographs? Like, I'm nobody. That guy over there. Oh, well, he doesn't have an Instagram. Now he's got an Instagram, so I'm sure that changes stuff. <laughs> but he didn't have an Instagram at the time. So there was like, people didn't care. Like, and I'm like, well, why do you want my autograph? Oh, you're on Instagram. Oh, my God. You know, like, I don't really think that you know what I do, but because I have a lot of Instagram followers. Um, but it is the the... The time now, social media is huge. People sponsor people with a huge Instagram following or a huge social media following. And that's why I'm so big into putting things out there, um, you know, to accrue more of a, of a following. I don't want just any Joe Schmo following me. I want to have a, a like-mindedness. But I also try to post things about fashion to, to try to get a little, you know, to try to reach out and find different facets to try to, you know, String that with our with our horse sport as well. Yeah, man, I think you're 
you're you're I, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, we're pretty, totally, I'm pretty I mean, passionate about it. Totally yeah. on board. So like for for these uh Maybelline or some other company like that, if they wanted to reach out to you, how can they uh find you? Well, they can find me on my website. Uh, they can find me on my Instagram. Uh, my handle's at Lainey E-A. My Twitter is L-E-A-S-H-K-E-R. It's L-E and then A-S-H-K-E-R. My, my Facebook, my, my cell phone is on my website. My email is on my website. It's Lane Ashtra Eventing. Um, I'm li- virtually probably the easiest rider to get a hold of. Um, <laughs> So and I, and I, I'm a pretty good communicator, so I'm always looking for that for that next break. It's, and you, it's not even about money for me. I just want to get. I want to bring the sport up. Yes, I want to make it. Us too. You know, I want to make it. I think it's sport is so awesome, and I think the people that are so awesome. I just want to make it make it better. Yeah. Who does it, she sound like, Karen? You. She sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who do I sound yeah. like, Lainey Ashker? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Kendrick. Uh, and you have thirty-two thousand nine hundred give or take followers on Instagram. So that's not too shabby. No. no. <laughs> I think that might be like a top, like definitely at least eventer. Uh, yeah. Instagram. That is, that's pretty solid. That is, that is solid. So, yeah. And, and, and the, the grid of the, uh, the grid of the day stuff you do, that's awesome. Love it. And Thank uh, you. everyone's got to make sure they check that out. Yeah. Like, no one that's listening to us doesn't know about you, but, <laughs> but, if, well, yeah, but one yeah, or two people. I enjoy doing those because I'm doing them anyhow, so I might as well do them. And I think it's good for people, especially in the states that don't have the, the Virginia states. I'm sure people are like, yeah, whatever. We got like every Tom, Dick and Harry four star rider here. But, you know, in the states like Iowa's and Wisconsin's and the Nebraska's that don't have that luxury, I'm sure they appreciate having things drawn out for them. And mm-hmm. okay, this is how it's supposed to look. And um, and it's good, you know, it's easy to become stale in your own arena. And okay, what am I going to work on now? And, it's, and I get the same way. I, I look, I look, I get a lot of my ideas through seeing what other people are doing. And then I just put my own spin on it, you know. And that and that's awesome. what's so great about social media, isn't it? Like yeah. you, can, you can sort of um, bounce ideas off one another. Yep, yep. That's awesome. So yeah, I know a couple girls um, at the at a farm right up the street from us, and over the winter they they do your grids of the day, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, and uh, I know they're planning on videoing them do it and send it to you, but I don't know how Good. far they got. I yet. love when people do that. I love when people say, like post or tag me in their grid of the day. Please keep doing that, guys, because it it makes me so happier when. I've gotten so many emails about people saying your training tip helped me at my horse show so much. I mean that that for me is, like makes it so worthwhile. I don't do this obviously. I'm not doing it for money. No one's paying me to do it. <laughs> I do it for the direct result of helping people because mm-hmm. I truly, I truly love to do it. And at the end of the day, if it's helping people, why am I doing this? I want to help the horses. I love the horses, and if it helps the people, it helps the horses. You know, it's a it's a win win situation. Awesome. Yeah. You're you're awesome. We're so excited. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, I think we've covered it all, Karen Annie. I, think we have. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can still talk to you longer. But I, I enjoy it. I awesome. tell. Well, hey, just so you know, if you ever want, we also do like a little video series, Major League Training Series. So if you ever want to kind of do a collab, do a little collab. I would love a collabo. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'll have my people call your people, and then we'll get Hashtag, them all lined. let's do it. <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome. Well, hey, Lainey Asker, thank you so, yeah, so thank much. You. This is such a treat for us. And we are just huge fans. And um, just say hey to mom for us. I'm waving, even though we're not. I will. <laughs> made us a nice, mean bowl of popcorn. And I'm going to turn on one of my favorite movies. I've watched it. It's called Rush. It's about the two race car drivers. I'm gonna, I've been wanting mom to see it because it's um, it's an amazing movie. And so I'm going to turn it on and, and spill some knowledge to my mom. Awesome. About <laughs> Tell her we rest. said hello. So. And we're big fans of her as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Take All care. Right. Thank All you. Right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to subscribe to Major League Eventing's podcast and give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always contact us at MajorLeagueEventing at gmail.com. Cheers. I'm so excited I got the Ashker on. <laughs> <laughs>